Hello, welcome to the Tantric Lounge. I'm Jacqueline Hellier here with my wonderful co-presenter Xavier Watercane. And today we are talking about luscious women, are we not, Xavier? Yes, Jacqueline. And are you rehydrated? I am rehydrated. So you're all juiced up? I'm very, feeling very juicy now. Okay, good. So as long as you're all luscious up, I we, am can, luscious. we can talk about luscious women. We are, because listeners, a few minutes ago, I was feeling a little dehydrated and not very juicy at all. And it's so important that for me to be able to do this show for you, that the juice is flowing and I'm feeling yummy and luscious and yum, yum, yum. So now that you have replenished the juices of life... <laughs> um, the elixir of life. We, 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 we will talk about luscious women. And as usual, mm. our program is brought to you all and us, really, yes. by the wonderful people at Lelo, L-E-L-O dot com, Swedish makers of intimate wonderfulness. Yes. And uh, not only um, what is traditionally known as vibrators, but which they call, um, what do they call them? They have a bit special name for them. I'll have to remember that. Mm. Um, but um, not only vibrators, but also uh, intimate apparel and accessories and all sorts of things to make your adventures in the bedroom and maybe even outside of the bedroom much more interesting. Mm. And we'll talk more about Lalo later on in the program. But for now, luscious women. Mm. Today's program is based on the experiential workshops that you run, the retreats, actually. These are the retreats. Mm. Firstly, what exactly is a retreat? Yes. Okay. Well, I run workshops and retreats and the workshops are not residential. They go for a period of time and if they're more than one day, then people go home and then come back again. With a retreat, you actually go away somewhere beautiful and you stay there, which means that you can continue the activities well into the night and it also means that people are socialising together a lot more and they're having breakfast together and they're having dinner together and... And so forth. So why do you run the retreats? Because I find that retreats provide the participants with a much deeper experience and therefore more transformative. It also helps people just to get away, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I was running the women's one in particular. I was, I've been doing it, the workshop as a two-day uh, workshop. What, the Luscious Women's Retreat luscious used women. to be the Luscious Women's Workshop? Workshop. Okay. Yes. And... I found that the women who came from out of town or interstate had a much more powerful experience than the women who went home on the Saturday evening, yeah? And they sort of, most of the women, particularly if they had families, kind of lost what they'd gained that first day and then they sort of had to refind it again, whereas the ones that were away were going back, you know, they tended to go out to a nice dinner and then they'll be staying in a hotel or visiting friends or something. And so the retreat helps to keep the ball rolling. Yeah, it does. It does. And then the retreat is even better than, than going to a workshop and um, not going home because you're with the same group of people the whole time. And there's something really lovely about, you know, getting up in your pyjamas, <laughs> wandering around, having breakfast together, and it makes it much realer and you connect with people. And the reason that we're talking about the Luscious Women mm. Workshop today is because mm. not everybody's going to have the benefit of being able to attend one personally. So yes. what we're going to do today is we're mm. going to go through more or less a mm. gustatory menu yes. of the workshop and how it works and how people engage in it and maybe do a few exercises as well yes. in, in mini form so that people have an idea. It's the next best thing to actually attending the actual retreat if you can't physically attend one would be to listen to this yes. program and to listen to the podcast mm. that it will become yes. almost immediately after we finish it. I think so. Um, so that just pe- so that women, women, especially because this is the luscious women's workshop, mm-hmm. not that men can't listen in and gain something from it and an insight into the way that women interact in these things as well. Yes. Just so people know what what's in store over the next hour. Mm. Um, why women only? Because women have different issues to men. Because they've got different bits. <laughs> Partly that, and because the impact of our sexual history um, has is different for men and for women. And while I've been running three-hour workshops for men, on our four-hour workshops for men for many years, and two-day workshops 
now retreats for women. <laughs> I always joke partly that's because it's harder to get men to attend a full day one, but they're more likely to come to something short. But also, and in all seriousness, I actually think that women have been way more screwed up sexually than men have. So there's a lot more unscrewing to do of the women. It's much harder for women to get in touch with the gorgeousness and lusciousness of their sexuality in a society where we have suppressed female sexuality for so long and where we're still struggling to find out what is female sexuality. So the women themselves don't really aren't really in touch as much with their own sexuality and their own sexual mm. se- sensuality and their own lusciousness. Yes. So there's more remedial mm. lusciousness to do. Well, there is. Whereas for men, you know, as I've said before, male sexuality is, is simpler and more straightforward. And um, so there's a bit of, you know, fixing to do around the edges and so forth. But men on the whole need less getting in touch with their sexuality. So men need a paint job, whereas women often need a whole renovation. <sighs> yeah, well, often we need to demolish and rebuild. Oh, it's that bad. Oh, God, yes. Oh, yeah, like so many women have got no idea. No idea because they've bought into this idea, as I've talked about so many times before, that it's porn star versus prude, right? That they're still buying into this idea that women's sexuality is there to service men. And, you know, now we've got this idea that we're all supposed to be equal. So women are supposed to be sexual like men are sexual. So what sort of women come? Do they, are, they, are they screwed up women or are they ordinary women? Or you don't need, even need to be all that screwed up to be a woman in this society. And do you see what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, well, they, they tend to be fairly normal women. Um, I mean, I don't think it would be a good idea to come to something like this until you were ready. Um, so often I'll be working with someone on private sessions for a while before I think they're ready to do a retreat, especially if they've had a lot of trauma or, you know, issues like that in, in the background. But, I mean, for instance, at this last um, retreat, um, nearly a half of the women had had some kind of serious sexual trauma or abuse in the background. And I remember one of the other women who'd come... Which is not uncommon. I mean, the statistics for oh, sexual abuse yeah. among women are, are quite startling for those who haven't heard it. I mean, full, pu, pu, fully a quarter of all women, yes. I understand, yes. have had some form of sexual abuse or some sort of sexual trauma or some sort of sexual assault in their lives. Well, when they're young, if you add up what happens when they become adults, it's even higher, right? In fact, I'd say that there's very few women who have had no kind of sexual trauma in their lives. Like, I mean, just driving around looking at the billboards is enough to set up some kind of low-level sexual trauma because they've all got these outrageously looking, you know, women there, which would make any woman feel inadequate. You just have to look at the covers of most women's magazines. You just have to read the articles in most women's magazines. You know, half of them are about, you know, it's sort of, it's okay to, you know, be yourself and how to be yourself. And then the other half are all about how you're inadequate because you're, you're too fat or too ugly or too this or too that. And I think, <laughs> what I think is really like insane. What I think is really funny is that the, that supermodels, I remember one saying mm. herself, is mm. a big, she, friends would say, God, I wish I looked like that. And she w- shot back, we don't even look like that. Yes. When you think of the doctoring that's done, done. for all of this imagery and the yeah. hype, what is it, hyperstimulus, they call it, mm-hmm. when, when, yes. it when an already attractive trait is hyper-stimulated um, and hyper-modified yes. so that it becomes even more... Yes. Yes, so they round out the hips a bit, they slim down the thighs, they puff up the, the breasts. To proportions that are absolutely not exi- in non-existent in, in nature. It's a, mm. it's a bit like the experiments that they do with flies and where they, where they have a pheromone, mm. a, a sexual attractor scent, mm-hmm. and they tweak it chemically so that it's even more enticing to the male fly. Mm. So in the end, the male fly gets attracted to this artificial scent and completely loses interest in the real females because they're incapable of pumping out the sort of chemistry at that level. level. Mm. Well, which is why men who watch an awful lot of porn can have trouble relating to a real-life woman for exactly that same reason. They're like the fruit flies. They've just become too used to an unreal look. And then it's the same, but we're seeing it every single day in every single magazine that we look at because that's what they do to all of the pictures. I had someone come to me the other day and she was really excited. She was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't believe it's you. I'm coming to see you. You're so amazing. Wow, wow, wow. And she looks at me and she goes, well, you're not quite as sexy in real life as you are on your photo. (laughs) So even you're guilty of it. Hey, professional makeup job, professional photographer, 
and then my my graphic designer puts it into my website in a certain way that puts me to my best advantage. So I stood stock still and looked at her over my shoulder like I do in my logo photo and I said, how's this? And she goes, oh, yeah, that looks more like you. <laughs> People tend to forget that a photog- photograph is like one thousandth of a second. Yes. And yes. they've taken lots of thousandths of seconds yes. to pick the best one. Yeah, it's a little while later she, she she told me that actually I was just as sexy. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> nice to get that <laughs> sort really of a, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but just getting back to the kind of women that attend these um the, these retreats and things, and it's interesting to tie it into the number of women who've been abused because um, so I had about a dozen women at this one, which is a pretty normal number, and uh, we at one stage, I'm jumping ahead here into this second afternoon where I get the women to go and they take a great big piece of paper and I've got lots of pens and papers and I've got beautiful paper and glitter and all sorts of things and they get to draw somehow representationally their journey on life as a woman and as a sexual being, right? And some of them will draw more like, you know, paths, timeline type things, you know, whether it's represented as a path or something. Others will draw a picture that illustrates something. There are quite a lot of trees being drawn this time um, with different branches representing different things. So people get, so the women get an opportunity to externalise their internal sexual history through drawing. Yes. So that's actually something that people can do at home. Absolutely they can. So right now, I mean, mm-hmm. after you listen to this program, you, mm. we invite women to give that a shot. Take mm. out a big piece of paper, mm-hmm. draw your sexual history or a moment of your sexuality or how you see yourself sexually, etc., etc. You might find that you learned something about yourself. Absolutely. What, what do the women learn by doing that exercise? Well, one of the things that they learn um, is just what other pe- other women have experienced in their lives. Ah, so they realise that they're not alone. A, they realise that they're not alone. And then there's a much greater sense of female community and solidarity in a positive sense. Um, for instance, there was one woman who was 50-ish when trying to decide whether she should leave um, a long-term marriage that she'd been in. Um, and she actually came along feeling a bit sorry for herself, right, because she'd been sort of in this loveless marriage and blah, blah, blah. And she was looking at um, a couple of the young ones there. There was one in particular, it was a beautiful, beautiful woman, um, so so pretty and petite and just just oozed this lovely, calm, feminine, just lovely. And um, she was kind of looking at her and going, oh, God, you know, lucky her, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's got a whole life ahead of her and she's so beautiful and she's not going to get in the same situation as me and stuff. She told me this privately. Anyway, when everyone shared their stories, this beautiful young one just shared the most horrific history <laughs> of sexual abuse and she was in tears and then after that, nearly, you know, <laughs> nearly half the women were talking about you know, childhood sexual abuse and incest and dreadful things that they'd got up to, um, whether they were younger or older. And I'm, afterwards, this, this woman was just like, oh, my God. She goes, I had no idea. I feel feeling really bad that I was feeling sorry for myself when I've never experienced anything like this. It's very interesting. Mm. And I think this is the value of workshops, et cetera, mm. or even just getting together with people mm. and just sharing what you think are extremely private things. Yes to realise that so much of what you imagine other people's lives are like are not mm. actually what how they experience them. Yes. People often think, oh, wow, they're mm. whatever. Yes. They must be feeling whatever because I imagine if I were in that position that I see the, them mm. in, mm. I would feel that too. And then yeah. you get the reality and it's a bit of a shock. And I think it's a bit of a disillusionment as well mm. because it, may not be that being pretty or young (laughs) or in a highly paid, glamorous job or whatever else you think that you imagine other people might be experiencing may be all that great. Yeah, well, like there was the other high-powered corporate woman who was there who when she shared her life, it was so lonely. Like from the earliest age, she was lonely, the way she was brought up, cold, distant, lonely. She spent her whole life so alone and it's only now that she's hit 50 she's kind of like you know I'm finding I'm finding my sexuality and in fact just in the six months or so she started on this amazing journey that enabled some of the others to kind of go wow that's amazing that you could go from that and in this short space of time you know 
to be out, you know, doing these things and finding a lovely man and... This is another thing that our listeners can mm. take with them, mm. the idea that it's never too late. Yes. It's never too early. Yes. yes. It's never too late. They're, they're, and it's better to, to at least have a change at a particular point than mm. to, to die, to yes. be extreme about it, to yes. die never having mm. experienced what or the flowering of your potential or mm. your lusciousness. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's it's wonderful. I mean, and I get such a wide range of ages as well, which is really powerful as well. You know, I get women from, you know, generally, you know, mid-20s up to about mid-60s tends to be the range. Um, and it's just so wonderful to be able to, to share that as well. And that also kills a lot of, you know, preconceptions we have about women and age and and the, so and the great thing about living in um, a country like Australia or the mm. United States or Canada or mm. England is that it's a multicultural society. Yeah. The, mul- the multiplicity of eth- ethnicities and mm. cultural backgrounds, mm-hmm. many people are first-generation Americans, Australians, mm. whatever, yes. coming from cultural backgrounds that are quite alien to the Western viewpoint as well. And, mm-hmm. then there's ma- and then there's the opportunity to get with people who have completely different life journeys based yes. on – because they started off in completely different places. Yes, yeah, and people who have come from, you know, different streams of life, you know, more alternative or very conventional um, and being able to share that as well. And, yeah, it's just like that is a really, really powerful. I do that in the middle of the of the retreat because it's time that everyone has got to know each other and feeling quite quite calm and connected. Um, and it's a point where people can really open up. And it, that, that just shifts stuff enormously. We just become bonded in sisterhood, you know, like you just get the idea that we are not individual women struggling on our own yes because a lot of men have this idea that all women are part of this underground sisterhood that they're all bonded yeah Yeah, a lot of men go through their lives they 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 think that you know there's even there's a paranoia about women there's you know there's a female conspiracy against men etc oh yeah and women talk about all this stuff all the time and in fact women are a lot more isolated than they think they are absolutely you know and i mean even if they do have good friends i mean some of the women say to me at these retreats i've never told anyone this stuff my closest friend doesn't know this. You know, my best friend from primary school doesn't know this. And often women find it quite liberating, whether it's at a retreat but also private sessions, when they actually, you know, start start sharing and start being real, you know. Um, at this last retreat that I did recently, there was a woman who, um, one of the ones who went first, didn't say all that much. And then at the end when everyone else had shared so much, she just said, okay, I'm doing this again. Because it also provides people with permission to share. Yes. And we'll share more with Mm. our listeners after the break. Yes. Welcome back to the Tantric Lounge. It's so tantricky today, so loungy. (laughs) We're talking about the Luscious Women's Workshop and and just retreat. And retreat. Mm. And so just for the the sake of listeners who have just tuned in, this is not going to be an hour-long infomercial on Jacqueline's retreats. We're actually talking about retreats in general, Mm -hmm. their advantages, and what people can expect if they're well run. Oh, look, let's be honest, it is an infomercial (laughs) (laughs) for my retreats. (laughs) She's only joking. Um, No, (laughs) No, I'm actually being very honest, I believe, in 100% honesty. Okay. But for those who can't attend, you'll get some good information here as well. Okay. Having said that, yes, the people have preconceptions about mm. what they're going to have uh, in experience in a workshop. I mean, mm. one, yes, in, in, pre, in the pre, in the preparation for this program, mm. you said that a lot of women for the Luscious Women's Workshop say, "Oh, I have, I, I didn't know this was. I thought this was going to be a sex workshop. I mean, what the, what are they meaning? What what are their preconceptions?" <laughs> yeah, well, I often wonder that as well. I must ask them, but you know, so many. Women don't come on these things to my to my retreats because they don't want to do you know whatever it is. The ones who do come and experience it, they all go, "Oh my god, this is just so different to what I was experiencing, what I was expecting." Sometimes they say, "I'm not quite sure what I was expecting, but it wasn't this." Um, and generally, it's they weren't expecting it to be um, so transformative. Right? I remember one woman um, gave me some feedback afterwards. She wrote to me afterwards saying, you just so deliciously wove my spirituality, my spirit and my sexuality back together. Mm. Yeah? Um, others say, I didn't realise what was missing, but this is it. You've put the spirituality back into sexuality. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and in a way that's very real and centered and it's not, you know, floating off with the stars. It's very empowering. Um, and it's, you know, as I keep saying in this program all the time, sex is not about penis and vagina. <laughs> yeah. It's not even about genitals. It's about taking this sense of sexual energy, this powerful sexual life energy that we have and infusing it into the whole of our lives. So that life becomes vibrant and and sexual and full of potential. Which might offer a clue as to what the preconceptions mm. are because if people are unclear about what their preconceptions are, I don't know what I expected but I didn't expect this, mm. that isn't really much to work with. Yes. It could be that subconsciously and they're not really thinking about it very much but subconsciously they're mm. thinking that you're going to be, it's going to be like a long lecture on how to insert penises in vaginas and how to jiggle around clitorises and how to have... yes better orgasms yes. or whatever it is, whereas mm. the weaving of mm. spirituality with sexuality yes. is yes. something that's completely unexpected. Yes. So how do you go about, I mean, you do, I mean, mm-hmm. this is only an hour-long program mm. and, the, and, the, and the retreat is how long? Three days. Three days. So, yeah, well, it's 48 hours, really. Well, it's 48 yeah. hours, but yeah. there's quite a lot in that There 48. is quite, it's a very full 48 so hours. So yes. given that we only have, mm. at this point, even less than an hour, <laughs> Take us through some of the things that people, that women go through in the Luscious Women Workshop so that they have a, so that they don't come in with a preconception that it's all going to be about. Mm. Well, I start with um, a her story. It's not mm-hmm. a history. It's a her story about um, sexuality in the West and how we've come to be this way. And that's why I share a lot of the stuff that I've already shared on these programs, you know, about the male adolescent masturbatory model of sex. And I put to them that we've actually got sexuality back to front and this idea that, you know, women should be servicing men and that our idea that sex is kind of based on this masculine model is always going to be limiting and that we need to um, re-embrace the feminine so that sex becomes much more beautiful and powerful. And therefore, we as women need to honour our femininity and become very empowered in that with the balance of the yin and yang. Because I think that's one thing that I bring to it that some of the other more alternative sexual practitioners don't is it's a bit too yin. You know, and the women all have to become all sort of light and fairy. And the kind of women that I deal with are not don't want to become light and fairy. They want they want to become really balanced. I mean, you're never going to get over, you know, sexual abuse and drama and stuff by floating off with the clouds, yeah? You need to find that inner strength. The Amazon. Yes, and I introduce them to my seven sex goddesses. Um, and I'm going to go more into the goddesses in, in other shows, so I'm not going to say too much yet. Yeah. Mm. But certainly on the first evening, I introduce them to the first three goddesses, which is the very much the goddesses of self. Um, the lady who is about having that wonderful balance of the yin and the yang and feeling very, you know, certain and confident and having an element of, you know, grace and certainty about her. Um, the, the, ar- the Just to clarify this, these are archetypes, these are role models, these are Yeah, the energies, energies they're expressions, expressions of, fem- of, of femininity and sexuality. Well, I introduced them to the, to the Amazon who is, you know, she's about meeting. So it's a lady in action. It's about the lady being discerning about a partner. The lady testing. Yeah, and about whether to enter into a particular, whether it's a relationship or even a sexual act. Which is a very, very useful um, goddess to invoke. Oh, God. So many of the women just like, oh, my God, the goddess, the Amazon, the Amazon. We get the Amazon. Because I do, and then the third one is the the board. And the board is an old-fashioned term for a party girl that's where the word bawdy comes from and that that to have this sense of you know lightness and fun and playfulness and freedom right once you've got the amazon there being discerning checking out that the partner's worthy then you have freedom in, in which to play and then you can let your board out right so we do an embodying exercise where i take them take them through get all of their guided know, meditation Yes, get their, their multiple brains and their chakras aligned around each of these goddesses. And we have talked about the multiple brains in other programs mm. before, but this because this is a sort of a, yes. a condensation of everything, yes. just quickly, the multiple brains again are the head brain? The head brain, the heart brain, the gut brain, and the sex brain or the pelvic brain. Yes, yeah, so we get colours and we get images and sounds and you know, even scents and so forth for each of the goddesses. We take all of that to, into our head brain for new ways of thinking about, for instance, being the lady or the Amazon or the board. Then we bring it back down into our heart for new ways of relating 
with this this kind of energy down into relating our, to self or relating self to and others, others both okay. down into our gut for different ways new ways of behaving mm-hmm. and then down into our pelvis for new ways of being so mm-hmm. you know so really bringing it really infusing it into the whole of your body into you know, every cell every pore every breath everything every fiber of your being every fiber of your being and then you bring it all back up into your heart and you ask for messages yeah mm-hmm. so that's another thing that in getting in touch with your spirituality get means getting in mm. touch with your intuition getting Absolutely. in touch with that higher functioning that you're not mm. that you're going to ignore a lot of the time if you're mm-hmm. caught up in the day-to-day mediocrity of mundania yes and what the women are doing here is not worshiping an external deity we talked about this we've been talking about this recently about affecting the divine it's not about worshiping an external deity it's about feeling the deity within you feeling the divinity mm. within you and 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 when you tap into that it's it's beautiful and it's powerful and for the monotheists out there yeah. there's nothing contradictory in this this mm. is simply a, a, a poetic expression yes. of, of, of talking about it think mm. of them think of these goddesses as aspects of the universal sexless divine anyway yeah absolutely absolutely i'm not saying that these are seven goddesses that you must worship and that's different to whatever your view of the, you know the christian or the judaic god or whatever no completely different to that um <clears throat> So, so we do that and we, and we share and, you know, the women talk about, you know, the messages they got and how they're realising that these different aspects of them is missing. And certainly the, the Amazon is one that a lot of women find very empowering and often by the end of, of the weekend they're like, wow, really going to get the Amazon. And, you know, I stress to them that the Amazon is not about fighting. The Amazon is actually about discernment because in the warrior code. It's about code, selection. It's about in the warrior code, it's not about bloodlust. You only engage with a worthy opponent. And it's also really. And you set the terms of, of the engagement. I, I often see the Amazon as sexual selection, mm. in a, in a, even in a classic Mm-hmm. So, since where, for example, the the male bird mm. does their dances or their plumage, and they sort of puff up their chests and do all the sort of things that they do, mm. when the the female bird is looking at these displays, she's invoking her own birdie sort of Amazon. She's thinking, "Is this guy's feathers up to scratch? Is this going to be a good dad mm. to my children? Is this mm. going to be a mm. is this going to be a nice guy who's going to bring in bring home the yes. shreds of fish meat or whatever it is. <laughs> Do you see what That's I mean? such an unsexy image. Um, yeah, and also in individual encounters on a day-to-day basis as well. You know, if he wants a bit of nookie, is he worthy of it in this particular instance? Ah, that's an interesting point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not just about choosing the right partner. It's about invoking the Amazon on a day-to-day basis. And it's not even sexual. I mean, that's the other thing that all women always realise is when, again, this is not just sexual. Like, to be able to to come into the fullness of your sexuality as a woman, you need to come into the fullness of yourself as a woman. Ah, this is a vital point. Let's repeat that again for people who might have been temporarily distracted because I think it's such an important point. Yes, so to come into the fullness of your sexuality as a woman, you need to come into the fullness of yourself as a woman. And that's true of men too. Oh, God, yes, but we're talking about women We're talking about women today, yes. Yes. So that's always really interesting. And also the board as well. So many women um, go, oh, my God. She's been missing, you know that. Where's that, the fun? This, yeah, that's the, and the freedom and the lightness because people take it so seriously, right? Um, and interestingly, a lot of women have also fed back to me that um, they haven't been able to do the board because they had no concept of the Amazon, right? Mm. So they couldn't feel free, particularly once you've had you know, serious trauma. They can't feel free to let go and enjoy themselves. Because they don't feel safe. Because they don't feel safe. Because the Amazon has invoked that, that part of themselves that looks at creating a safety. Yeah. And they can't create the safety until mm-hmm. they're happy within themselves. Yes. Which yes. is where the lady, so that, which is why you start off with the lady. And that's why it's so key and we do so much stuff around the lady. So another um, exercise that we do, um, to help you get in, help them get in touch with themselves as well, is we'll do a, a guided meditation. There's lots of guided meditations, and you know I teach them all about breath and so forth. I won't go over that here because I've covered it so much already. So there's one lovely exercise that we do where they're they're lying down and, and we're breathing and we're getting into that that lovely deep connected um, state, and I get them to talk to their body parts, and we start with the breasts. 
Okay, because breasts are a part of a woman's body that has received an awful lot of trauma in this society. And a lot of exploitation. A lot of exploitation, which is why it's trauma and um, and so forth. And a lot of women have a lot of trouble relating to their breasts and the breasts never good enough you know, because it's so um, on display, I guess. So we hug our breasts and ask our breasts to talk to us. In fact, there's no other mammal mm. has the breasts, breasts. on display yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah, it's just us. Mm. Mm. And, um, and in such an overt way as well, mm. yeah, in such a sexual way. I mean, I guess you could say cows have their udders on display, but, you know, Hardly. the bulls aren't wandering around going, whoa, check out the udder on that. Well, exactly. And also they're under the body. Yeah. It's not just like, it's not mm. front. Boom, boom, headlines. Boom, boom. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and I asked them to sort of to talk to their breasts and to, you know, fill it with love and so forth and get messages from their breasts. What do their breasts have to say to them? Because in the tantric traditions, you know, the breasts are the positive pole of a woman and we need to focus more positively. And um, Then we go down to their uterus. Um, and interestingly, in this group, there were three, three women, yeah, three women who had had hysterectomies and no longer had a uterus. Um, of different ages. One had lost it quite young. Um, so we talk to the womb or to the womb space if it's no longer there. Um, and the women who've lost their their wombs often find that quite healing um, to know that the energy is still there. And we because get. There, is there such a thing as phantom womb? About feeling it. Mm. Well, I don't know. Not like a phantom limb, I don't think. But certainly if we're talking like energetically. But energetically, they feel the absence. Well, or they're out of touch with the presence. Yes, is that a better, yes, is that a better yeah, way of yeah, it? yeah. That's a better way of putting it. And that you know whether they because I mean having a hysterectomy, it's so common and and often you know useful. I'm not saying don't have one if you need one, of course. But um, but that's removing a pretty major part of a woman. It's the largest muscle in the human body. Yeah, yeah. It's big, you when know, it's, and, when it's properly mm, like in pregnancy to fully develop. Yeah. Yes, it is, and um, and it's also. Um, involved in orgasm and so forth as well. So if you lose that, I'm sure. Actually, that's interesting. I must look into that. Does it affect orgasmic response? Um, make a note. So, so we spend some time talking to our wombs. You know, for some women, you know, some of the older women who are past childbearing age and have missed out on having children if they wanted them. You know, they, they can be lost there and so forth. But so we get in touch with the creativity of the womb and the womb space because it create it's creative. And then we go down to our vaginas. Oh, and they're touching those parts of their bodies as they go. It's all fully clothed. And then they talk to their vaginas and what their vagina has experienced. And I've talked to them already about how so much the type of sex that we have in the West is, is low-level trauma to a vagina. It's too intense. The vaginas aren't ready and it causes a woman to close off to sex. So we, we talk to our vaginas, we breathe, we get really in touch. And, um, you know, often the women get messages like, treat me gently. <laughs> Be gentle with me. Yeah, yeah, that, that happens so often. And often there's a lot of anger. You've treated me really badly. I don't trust you. It's amazing how many women find that their vaginas say to them, I don't trust you. The angry vagina. They're very angry. There's a lot of anger. How could you do this to me? How could you put me through these how experiences? How could you put me through these experiences? Yeah. It's really quite powerful and that's partly why I start with the breasts and then the uterus because to get to the vagina to be able to speak to you like that is a process to get to. That must be incredibly powerful if, if a woman yeah. finally comes into contact with something like that mm. within mm. herself that yeah. she wasn't even aware of. Yeah, yeah. And some other women get uh, more of a, why have you been denying me? <laughs> and why have you pretended that I don't exist? Yeah, yes, yeah, which is coming from the other side. You know, for the women who've held back or, you know, haven't, haven't opened up. Play in, with me. In, one, one woman got, um, play with me. Play with me. I want to have fun. <laughs> so the vagina was asking for the board. Yes. Yes. I'm here. <laughs> no wonder it's transformative. Oh, God. It's Especially... so transformative. We did that on the, you know, the first morning. <laughs> if that's what happens in the first morning, we can imagine what the rest of the day is like. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. We just do so much. And then, and then to finish off, they're lying down and I play a beautiful piece of music by Deva Pramal, which, um, where she's singing one of the mantras, Aham Prema, and Aham Prema means I am love. 
And she sings this 128 times, which is the sacred number for the Hindus. And so it's just aham prema, aham prema, oh, 128 times. And the woman just allows, and I'm guiding them with this a bit, you know, allowing that sense, I am love, I am love, to wash through you. And there's tears. And then we sit around and we feed back and it's very beautiful. And we'll talk more about the beauty that can be had at the luscious women's workshops. But by all means, um, people can try this at home. It's pretty safe. Yes. Um, We'll get back to more of this after the break. Welcome back to the Tantric Lounge, brought to you by Lalo. Yes. Our wonderful Swedish manufacturers of extremely high-end mm. sexual apparel and AIDS. Yes. I don't like the word AIDS in their context. I prefer something like sexual instruments, sexual art pieces, because they really are art pieces. Yes, objets de plaisir. Plaisir. Obje- objects of pleasure. I yes. love that. Yes. Let's, let's do that. Lalo's objects of pleasure. Yes. Which you actually also incorporate in your workshops. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Because at one point I teach the women about their uh, sexual anatomy um, and physiology, which is so important because we're not taught that stuff. We're yes, not- even in phys- even in sexual education classes, yeah. you get this sort of the classic yep. diagram, side-on mm-hmm. diagram of the of the mm. of the anatomy, and you're not really taught about things like your spots. No, we're not taught about it. The, the size of the clitoris, the internal clitoris. No one knows anything about their urethral sponge, which is one of the best bits of all, and about all the different parts within the vagina and the different spots and so forth. So, um, And also about female sexual response and the different types of love juices and so forth. So I teach them all of that, which then leads into a description of self-pleasuring, which I've covered in these programs before. And then I bring out some of the beautiful Lalo products and you know, often the women are like, oh, my God, they're so beautiful. <laughs> they're elegant, they're, they're, they're tasteful and they f- feel beautiful to touch and they have such a wide range of um, um, intensities of vibration and And they're very, ju- they're very adjustable. And, yeah, yeah, and it just makes... And they have, in, and they have those high-end small internal batteries so mm-hmm. they don't have to be as large as the normal vibrator yes. batteries, yep. et cetera, in yeah. order to function properly. So it really ties in with this whole idea of sex not being this kind of tacky, tacky, sordid, sleazy sort of thing, that it's just this absolutely beautiful embodiment of, of, of yourself as a woman. And these items are also, they're very feminine, like they're very beautiful. Well, I mean, just, uh, just for people's benefits, if they mm. just go on the Walela website mm. in the near future, yeah. they, they might find, um, for example, uh, this is, we're talking late April 2014, mm. Mm. Uh, but uh, there's a Take Our Global survey now for a 20% discount on Lalo items. Yeah. So if they go to the website, they can get 20% off mm. the items just mm. by taking a survey. Mm. But nice. the, the front, but the imagery on the website is just marvellous. It's mm. beautifully lit. But And what you, don't, what you can't tell on the website is how beautiful they feel. Mm. They're so soft. I don't know what they make it out of. It's just gorgeous. Well, the very highest end ingredients. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, yeah, so we do that um, on the morning of the third day. And then from there we go into a guided meditation where it's a seated one this time. And I get them to really feel, because I've described it, like to sit there and really feel and get in touch with the different parts of, of, the, of their genitals and, in fact, the whole of their pelvis so that they can really have a sense of where all the different parts are and how it works and we do some nice squeezes and breathing and stuff. Then I take them into an exercise where we experience different ways of raising the sexual energy um, because we, we've done some stuff on that the day before, which I've skipped over. Um, but I've covered that before in terms of chakras and the microcosmic circuit. We've practised all of that. And so what they're doing is they're they're doing it on their own. They're raising the energy. And we go into what's called a fire breath, which is quite an intense breath of bringing the energy up our body with the breath in a fairly intense manner. Um, Because there's a lot of heavy breathing. There can be heavy breathing. I I think we did this really early on, didn't we? Yes. Yes, we did this very early on. I can't remember which number program it was. One of the first. Yeah. Um, And rocking back and forth and and feeling the energy rising up. And for some women that might be more of an undulating one. So I share with them it might go straight up the body um, or they might feel more of an undulation up the body. Like a wave. Yeah. Yeah, it's more like a wave. I often find for me personally it starts with a bit of an undulation down low and then it'll 
um, shoot upwards. Like, we a, s- like, a gra- like a blade of grass trembling in the wind. Oh, that's a bit more than that. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. What's it more like? Oh, it's more like a... Ooh. <laughs> like a frond of seaweed in the surf. No, 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 no. It's much more powerful than that. Wow, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. It's more... Um, Fire, it's more like firework in a way. Like it's much more okay for me. No, there's no fronds waving. No, okay. Your fronds might wave, Xavier, but I have a more of a. Well, I mean, fireworks way too powerful as well. But it's like a, you know what? It's what do you call those fireworks where you sit them down and you light them and then they just go whoosh and it's like a fountain of oh yes. of light coming yes, out. The, yes, the light fountains. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's more what it feels like. Oh, for okay. Me. It's a big whoosh. Yeah, yeah, there's like... Woof. I was just trying to get more about the undulation thing happening. Oh, I see. When I was talking about the fronds and the waving in the wind and in the surf. Ah, right, okay, so the undulation. Yes, it can be more of that. Yes, and it can take a while before the... So you, and then you get to the whoosh. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Sounds very yeah. interesting. Um, and then the other way that I teach them too is where there's this fantastic um, meditation where you imagine that there's a fire burning in your pelvis. And then you start um, doing a circular motion and you feel the flames going up inside your body. Women aren't often encouraged to be fire, I have noticed. Mm. They are encouraged to be watery mm. and soft and mm. yielding and yin. They're mm. often, often encouraged to stoke their, the flames of their own fire, internal fires. Mm. Yes, and some of them don't like it because it feels uncomfortable. But um, anyway, so that's quite a powerful one as well, and it goes up and up and up and up. And then what we do after we've done that for a while is it, that is so important is to allow the settling. <laughs> that is absolutely key. So you've you've raised all of this energy, and you might have been you know, breathing out or going ah with the sounds, and you can get to a point where you can actually go into orgasm from doing this. And then you have to allow it to settle you allow the energy and it's it's like one of those snow cones you know that you get from tourist places where you shake it all up shake up the little globe and you know the snow's falling over new york or wherever you happen to be and then it settles down so that's the feeling of settling settling, settling the, the the globe the globe the snow yeah. globe yes yes and um depending on what i'm drawn to share with the women at that point we might just go into quite a long meditation or there might be some more guided stuff at that point and after that, the women just, they're just beautiful. Like they're just like glowing. It's so beautiful and they'll all share experiences of like. They finally begin to sprout after you've showered them with their <laughs> spirituality. And yes. They, and they can now finally begin to grow. Yes. The and- seed so long dormant finally awakens. <laughs> And then, oh, my God, so there's so many powerful moments in these things. And at that point, like, often they'll say things like, I actually felt the presence of the divine feminine or I felt particular energies inside myself. Or I remember one woman saying she could feel, it felt like the Amazon was dancing around the whole group. And um, another one once said she felt like that the the goddess was or something was in the middle anointing each of them <laughs> with a blessing and uh, often dancing type sensations and um and getting messages i got a beautiful message of the last one i did it was so clear i was told that i was doing beautiful work and i think that's the message that the women get as well yes they also will get the message after mm. having spent all of mm. this time in mm. internal dialogue and in external dialogue with mm. themselves, with mm. others, yeah. that they are doing good work, that, yes. that their lives do matter, that they are important, that they have a unique contribution to the consciousness of the universe and that they, in, in honouring that, mm. they are enriching not only themselves but everyone else. But the world, yes, because it's only when you become fully into yourself and honour your femininity and the power of that that you can actually spread that in the world. Over and over again we are told in the spiritual path that mm. we cannot give from an empty cup. We no. must fill our cups first and then everybody else gets the spillage. <laughs> We become an overflowing cup. Yeah, our cups overflow. Yes, yes. So, and it uh, needs to overflow a lot, (laughs) a lot of juiciness. But it can only overflow a lot if we fill it a lot, and if we repair the vessel. Yes, 
Yes. So you so to extend this analogy, the workshop provides an opportunity for women to repair the vessel. Uh, yes, and then to fill and it. And then to fill it. Yes. And then to fill it so much that it overflows. Yes. So it's a bit like the hero, the heroine's journey. Mm-hmm. The heroine goes out of the world of the ordinary, yes. goes into these workshops. You mm-hmm. take them as a journey, like the like the guide yes. through the labyrinth of themselves. Yes. And then they awaken mm. as they repair, mm-hmm. and then they fill as yes. they cathect. Yes. And then they overflow yes. as they nurture. Yes. Yes. And then and then the men or women mm-hmm. or children mm-hmm. or col- work colleagues or everyone else mm-hmm. in their lives is enriched by that because they are so much fuller in themselves. They're no, no longer in the world as depleted half-women. Yes. Yes, struggling and trying to make sense of it all and feeling alone and, yeah, depleted. Yeah, and, then, and it's just so beautiful in that particular um, meditation is so often they just go... I get it. I get it. I feel it. And that's what's so important about doing some kind of experiential type um, uh, workshop or retreat is you do. You can feel it. You can't experience it just by talking about it or reading about it. You actually have to feel it. And it's certainly a lot easier to feel it if you are guided by someone who can take you there. Someone who's been on the journey just Someone a little before you. Someone who's been on the journey. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that's, that's what's so powerful. Um, I, had, I had a couple come to a, a couple's retreat recently who I'd been working with for a long time and I've been encouraging them to come to a retreat and they were like, no, 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 we don't want to do it in front of other people. I kept saying, you don't do anything in front of other people. But, you know, and eventually they did come along and at the end of it they were saying, oh, my God, now we know why you were encouraging us to do the retreat. This is so much more powerful. We're so getting it now. Mm. Yeah, it's so much better doing this than coming to a session for an hour, talking about it, having our homework, going off and doing it, come back a month later, talk about it. They're just like, this is completely different. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, it's completely different. You feel it. You, You embody it. This is all about embodying the power and beauty of your sexuality. Given that this is a radio show and a radio mm. blog mm. and that people listening to it may not have the opportunity to attend your excellent work, workshops and retreats, mm. what can we give our loyal listeners? What can we give them? Well, I want to, apart from this particular radio show in itself, uh, which I hope is a bit of a gift, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm doing this for the world. This is part of my overflow. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you to Lalo for enabling me to overflow in this way. Um, I'm also putting together, I'm turning all of these workshops and retreats into online programs. Um, and we've just done the men's one, uh, which hopefully will be released in the next few weeks. We've done the filming and I've just seen the first cut or the first rushes or whatever they're called. Um, it looks wonderful. I'm really excited. Lots of videos plus some support material. Um, once we've got that up and going and hopefully selling well, we'll be able to then um, invest the time and, and of course, the finances because it costs—it actually costs me a lot to do this. I think people sometimes forget that. Um, and then we'll bring out the women's one, which is going to be longer because there's a lot more for the women to do. Um, and then we'll do the couples one. And um, so that will be a way for women to experience stuff. It's not quite the same as doing it as a retreat, partly because you don't get that sense of, of community. community yeah. Although it's certainly be encouraging women to maybe get some friends together and do it together um, and share some of the stuff because it's just so much. A lot of the power comes from the sharing afterwards of what you've experienced, you know, and just that realising that, you know, we're all different but we're all together and that support. I'd really love it if women all over the world created little pods of lusciousness. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking of creating some some more support stuff around that. And anyway, anyway, create your own lush mm. seed pod of lusciousness. Yes, pods of lusciousness. Let's fill the world with pods of female, feminine lusciousness. God, the world would be a different place. This is part of the healing. This is part of the the getting back into balance for the world as a whole because it's been so out of balance for so long. 
and caused so much misery and heartache and destruction, destroying the world, destroying people. And when, in fact, you know, this this life could be a gift, it could be a blessing, but um, unfortunately the way the world is, for most people it's more suffering and hardship than joy and bliss. Nevertheless. Mm. And I just want to talk about how we close the workshop or the retreat because it's really, really powerful and it's really important that there is closure. And we do two beautiful things. First of all, we do an angel walk. Mm-hmm. And um, an angel walk is when everyone lines up in two lines facing each other. And then one by one, and I'm at one end holding my certificates of lusciousness. <laughs> so I'm at one end and then one by one the women walk through through this this tunnel of people. And as they walk, they have their eyes closed and they just get lightly touched by everybody. Oh. oh, such a nice thing. Of course, I always get to do it too. Um, and then at the end, I give them a hug and award them their certificate of lusciousness, uh, which is quite lovely. And then we do, everyone closes. And the very, very final thing we do is we get into a circle and we do, we raise some energy around the circle. And one by one, the women stand in the middle of the circle, feel the energy, and then each woman will give her a gift. I give you the gift of confidence. I give you the gift of gentleness i give you the gift of whatever it is and and we've got to know everyone so well by that point that the gift that we give is so pertinent (laughs) after the women all going i've got to write down my gifts i've got to write down my gifts they're just like oh my god oh my god um and then that's it it's really really beautiful and um yeah that's it it almost makes me wish i were a woman yes but not quite Next life. Next life, yes. Yeah. So, yes, I don't do retreats for men as yet, um, partly because I think men should run men's retreats, but we'll see. We'll see. Mm. And women can do this at home. Women can do this at home. And certainly by the end of the year, there will be the um, online program available for them to do. And in the meantime, there are the e-books. There's the e-books. To get a better idea of, and mm. just feel your way through. Yeah. Use, the, use all the resources that are there at JacquelineHellier.com. Or the TantricLounge.com. And just make the best use of whatever it is there to mm. get a better insight mm. of how you can do this for yourself. Yes, and you'll attract other people into your life who can help you on this journey. I'm not the only one in the world that can help you on your journey. There are other people as well and other opportunities. Open yourself up to the possibility. Invite it in. Say to the universe... I really want to come more fully into my my lusciousness, my beauty and power as a woman and as a sexual being and see what the universe presents. I think that's enough for now. I think it is. Thank you, everybody, for listening in and we will join you. We will see you again next week on The Tantric Lounge.